What is going on, everybody? Welcome back in to the Bear With Us podcast. I am Frank, joined again as Nas, and I don't think we could be any lower in comparison to how high we were on this team last week. Um, there's not much to break down this from this game because it just was... I mean, everyone was at fault here, right? It's it's not one of those things where we, oh man, if, if Justin just made this one throw or if Luke Getze didn't do this or if there was one block, it was just all bad, at least on the offensive end. There were some things defensively, but I mean, how much are we really excited about that? We know what that defense is at this point. You know what I mean? Um, Nas, I mean, what are just some, I don't even know really where to where to start. I, I have some insane stats at my disposal. I don't know if we want to start there and go or like, I, this is just going to be a therapy session because... I can't believe what I saw against the Cleveland Browns. Um, I'm ready to hear the stats now. Let's go. Okay. Let's just, we're already here in this state of <laughs> absolute disappointment and annoyance. Let's just hear it. Let's okay. just revel in it. So can, can I just, let me just preface and say, I don't want anyone to think that this podcast is going back and forth on how we feel about Matt Eberflus. We were higher on him in terms of being a defensive coordinator. We liked what we saw there. And realistically, we knew if it went if if things went on, he was going to be back on. Like, and I still feel that way. Unfortunately, like I don't know if he's going to be fired, even though I, I I want him to be. But the defense has been coming along, and it just in, in fairness, we gave him credit where credit was due from that standpoint. But here's the first one, uh, Nas. The Bears have lost three games this season where they had a ten plus point lead in the fourth quarter. That is tied for the most in a, in a season in NFL history. That is tied for the most. And there's, what, four games left? There's still four games left. That's fucking absurd. And, and That's great. In, like, in, in the scope of it, this is... The, the reason why that stat matters to me is I understand this is a rebuilding team. It's been torn down. They're, they're you know, forming something, at least talent-wise. But the one thing that me and Jack have said historically, and Nas, you've already started, to, like you, you've been here I mean, a month now and you've alluded to it as well, is like, Iberflus, while I think he is a solid defensive coordinator, even then, what does he bring every single week that, it, you know, helps his team win? Like, what, what is the one thing that you're like, man, he just out-schemed the other guy? Like, we're getting talent on the defensive side of the ball. He's blitzing a little bit more, but they're like, I mean, even thinking of like, if we're talking about good defensive coordinators, Brian Flores, you know what he does every single fucking week. Look at what he's doing with much lesser talent in Minnesota. We've, we've seen it elsewhere as well, even in Miami. You know, you think of guys like Kyle Shanahan and even Mike McDaniel, and it's like, you know what they're doing every single week to give their team an advantage. So, and sometimes they're honestly not like, there are coaches that don't give their team an advantage and that's okay. You know how to coach the talent that you have. You let them out execute and that's completely fine. That to me was Lovey. Like Lovey didn't necessarily give us a an advantage every single week, but he he got the guys together, they accumulated talent, and he they ran his fucking system flawlessly. And we had good years because of that. But on the reverse side, when you have a coach that way that maybe doesn't bring, you know, anything more out of players other than setting them up to, you know, for what they do already, you can't on the opposite end then just lose games. Because like I don't think Lovey necessarily lost games either. You know what I mean? Like it was just sort of the other team was better, they were just better, and it was what it was. Eberflus is actively losing this team ball games for the last two years. It's it's the constant being conservative. It's the constant, like, you also can't say, like, I'm the CEO type and then allow Luke Getze to continuously also get conservative with his play calling. You have you have a, a lead 
And there's it's three and out, three and out, three and out every single time with predictable play calling. It's embarrassing. Truly. I mean, I, I think I uh I think I was at the point where if just we continue this trend of uh solid play and we're in every game, like I was thinking, okay, Flus has a shot to stay. I was speaking never and never and just like you alluded to, like never have we been rooting for this or something we think is correct. Like correct. We were speaking from what we think ownership's perspective might be. If this continued trend where the defense is playing really well and Justin's improving, um, that this would lead to flu staying and gets being out. I just don't know how many times you can watch the same movie and think that this guy is ready to coach a team. And I know the organization doesn't have a history of fighting, firing coordinators or coaches midseason. If this was my team and uh, my job is on the line, I'm at least changing the roles. I'm changing play callers. I'm figuring something out to get Getsy out his impact out of this game. I know like this is just because, yeah, the defense is playing well and fast, I think, for a couple reasons, the sweat trade, and we are really healthy right now. Yep. Okay. So the trickle down effect of the D line playing really well. Well, also like even to preface that, like, it's not like Cleveland was healthy. I think they were, I, know. I think, I think everybody across the line was a backup or third string. I think I, they had one starter. One, yep. in. one starter. So that's, I mean, that's not a great look and fucking Joe Flacco, their fourth quarterback. In, their fourth, like, so like, you expect the defense to have a day and they did like from a takeaway perspective and pressuring the quarterback perspective, they still gave up a ton of yards, but this is what, like, this is what we had talked about. Like he doesn't do anything special. The Tampa two is a simpler scheme that allows players to react and play without really thinking. Now, when you have talent, it looks really good. Mm -hmm. It looks really good. And when you don't have talent, I mean, that's, we saw what that looked like at early in point early in the season. So I don't really know what Flus's impact on the team is. He can't game manage. He clearly doesn't have an influence on the offense. And we still gave up 400 passing yards to Joe Flacco. Go ahead. Yeah, no, and it's, I mean, it's one of those things where we even paint it like why we didn't even like the best case scenario of Flus staying either for another year or long term because it goes without saying that we want Getsy gone regardless, like even if Eberflus stays, but let's just say it turns into a thing where, okay, Flus isn't necessarily a CEO, right? Like he is the defensive coordinator guy and you give the offense to to the next guy, a Brian Dable type. He's going to be gone in a year or two then. And then we you're just, it's the constant turnover. Because the thing is, it's like, oh, because I've heard the retort back of like, or, or, or you know, the, um, the, the rebuttal back of, well, then it's like you just you elevate the quarterback's coach. He's taking his quarterback's coach, and he's going to be his offensive coordinator. Like, that's how this works. They take their whole staff with them damn near because they're giving them promotions, and your team can't stop that. It just is what it is. That's how it works. So it's like, you know, even because I, I agree with you, Nas, at, at some point you have to give something a go with play calling. Maybe you let the quarterback's coach give it a go, the fucking passing game coordinator, wide receiver's coach, someone, running back's coach. But the thing is, is like that's what that you're already behind the eight ball when you set yourself up with the defensive head coach because he's already out of the running. He's not going to call the plays. He's already calling the defensive plays because Allen Williams was doing whatever the fuck he was doing. <laughs> it's not that he was good at his job anyway. But like that's the whole point. It's like this whole setup just isn't 
again, even if lights out top two every single week defense, what does that really get us when you look at the offensive side of the ball? Like, and I guess just the shift there, outside of the the wonky play calls, like, you know, the the weird fourth and one pitches to DJ Moore, the fucking tight end sneaks and, and the million screens per game and yada yada. Luke Getze's biggest problem to me is he's yet to establish an identity. Like, and this is why we, we were texting Nas, and I was like, "You like, I I know we harp on on Fields with the anticipation, uh, the anticipation throws, and 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 he's not there, and I don't know if he'll ever get there, but it's like, part of me is like knowing your personnel. I was like, every single time I watched Lamar, and it just clicked with me, and I'm like, he drops back if he doesn't like his first option, he just sort of scrambles and like makes a weird play and like waits for people to be open, and he and he does it, or he just takes off and runs, and they've had success that way. Is it necessarily sustainable? I don't know. Lamar's taking less hits. He's sliding more, so it seems to be, you know, on the right path. But I'm like, that, like that. That's my biggest problem here is that every single week, anytime they play a really good defense, they revert to this nothingness because there is zero identity with this Bears offense. And it's it's a gripe that I had even uh, earlier in the year, where it's like the Bears are up multiple scores against the Broncos. They're up multiple scores against uh, who's who's the other team that we almost fucking blew the, the very next week that the Bears almost blew it to. Um, I'm blanking on who it was, but they almost came back again. And, you know, all offseason, all year, even last year, well, this was the number one rushing team in the league. And it's like, yeah, because they were down fucking multiple scores and Getsy just sticks with the run. Like, there, is, there isn't even that identity because now you're playing a real defense here and your offensive line is getting fucking bullied. Everyone on that offensive line got absolutely bullied. And then Teb gets hurt. So now you have the two worst blockers in, in, in the game and Cody White here at left guard and Lucas Patrick at center. And your offensive coordinator has zero answer for it, and th- this is that, that's like my overarching problem here. When when me and you and, and Jack and anyone else, it's not to say we want to keep Fields, but this is exactly what we mean when we say he's been failed overall. Because like, what do you do? And like, who who looks good? Who looks good in, in this system when there's zero identity? They can't rely on the run. I, I, you're seeing on the you you brought up Joe Flacco and, and and his passing yards. Nas, they were doing more misdirection rollouts with him than Fields. Like. And he has no mobility at all. Like, what are, what are we doing here, man? It was uh, atrocious. Honestly, this this was like this was like the game where I probably this is the worst I've ever felt for Justin. I yeah. think like like I truly was just like you know what? Let's get him out of here for his sake. Like <laughs> I just like I'm re- rooting so hard for this dude. He's playing his fucking dick off. He is getting better. Like. I saw him make a couple throws this game. I was like, Oh, you know what? It's been kind of a while since I've seen him make that throw or like have the confidence. And like the way, like he threw that back shoulder to DJ up the left sideline. Like I was just like, okay, I know let's like, how do we bring this into the fold a little bit more like that, that throw to Tanyan on the run in like Justin's wearing a glove, not accustomed to doing it. Throws a fucking dime yep. to Tanyan. And I'm just like, he's making plays. He really is. I mean, the touchdown, Granted, it was the eighth play from the one, the touchdown play on the on the left side, where he's in Miles Garrett's grasp, escapes, and does the scramble drill, like throws a dime. It it was fucking awesome. Like, and I'm just like, God, like, can you imagine like what it would look like if we had a QB who couldn't like have that escapability? Like it would look like absolute shit. We would get rocked. And I just felt bad for him. It's just like, get this guy out of here. Like, let him go where there's some infrastructure and let him just like ball out. Like I, I do like, that's like the crazy thing about this whole thing. Like 
I know, and I know I'm like the Justin, like fucking hope killer every week. And I bring in all the stats. I'm like, you look at the stats this week. They still don't look good. But like the eye test is telling me as it is telling most people, this guy is an elite athlete on the field and can do things that no one else can. And it's really about honing it and getting him into those plays that he can make, but you got to help him out on the other end. Like when he's making these plays, like this is like when you're on a fast break in basketball and the big man's running down the lane, like feed the motherfucker. Like he's not like, it's not easy for them to get up and down the court. Like if you're, when you're a guard, like feed that dude. And it's just like, let like, let Justin eat a little bit. Like who, why the fuck are we throwing it to our third string tight end? Like, well, I mean, DJ is the only receiver we're talking about. Like Darnell did another bullshit move where Justin's throwing this ball up the left side and Mooney puts up one hand for it. And it's like, how bad are you misjudging this ball to thinking like, you're just going to like barely tip this ball. Like why are you even put one hand up? If you think this is not catchable? like it was one of those fucking yep. bullshit efforts. I'm just like one that's catchable or you can at least try to make a play on it. God doesn't want, I think Mooney knows he's going and he's trying not to get hurt. I'm that's, I think that's you're what right. I'm starting to think is his mindset. Like, it was as clear as day on one of those throws. It was just like, why the fuck wouldn't you lay out for that? Why, like, or why aren't you like, why are you slowing down? I like, I don't get you. I've, I've been off his train literally since mid last year. Like I, I, again, maybe you're right. And it's just like awful calculations on his part. He's, he's not judging where balls are going. He sees it funny off of Justin's arm, but it's like part of me, because I agree with you. Like, that's the thing is I know the stats look, crazy sometimes but if you actually watch him play you know he has some talent and that's why you know our, our stance is our stance even though we're kind of all ready to just blow it all up move on and, and and go and at this point you're right it's probably for his sake more than anything else um but <clears throat> what, what I, I was also watching and one of the antici- uh, anticipation throws I, I thought you were going to mention was that that like 15 yard in route to dj Moore, mm-hmm. which was on a fucking rope in between a yeah. linebacker a safety and a corner Ooh. beautiful and w- when I thought back after I saw that, I was like, man, like, I'd love to see that more, one. But two, like, the times we have seen that this year, it's all been to DJ. But the, it, the thought completed in my head of, like, Justin did it this, uh, that, that game. It, it was on a similar route. It was an out route, about tw- eight, ten yards to, to, to Mooney, and he ran the wrong route. And that was happening last year, too, when he tried to throw uh, an anticipation throw to Equinemius St. Brown. He throws that pick against the Packers to lose the game. And it's like... I, like part of me is like I know he holds the ball too long. He doesn't just sling it sometimes. Again, I don't want to splice up blame, but like that's a problem. But it's also like how much of that percentage on on the pie chart is like I just don't trust these fucking guys because when I do it, they're never there. Right. So I have to <laughs> yeah, see them yeah. open because because yeah, it's like yeah, I yeah. see with a real NFL talent, we see it with DJ. Hundred. And he and he no. lets it fly. Oh, he has yeah. the he has the faith that he's going to be in the right position. Great point. Great point. Yeah. Like. And honestly, I never looked at it from that perspective. It's like, how could you trust one of these dudes to be where they're supposed to be? <laughs> like Komet generally where he's supposed to be doesn't separate a ton. Usually is wide open because the defense forgot about him. And then, and then DJ just fucking always open. But that's what I'm just going to call him from now on. Fucking dudes. always <laughs> open. It's fucking absurd. But like he should be getting 20 targets a game. Oh, agreed. Like, like let's just like, like if Puka Nakua can come out from the fifth round in his rookie year and get schemed open that goddamn much, why can't, why wouldn't we be able to do that for DJ? Like that doesn't make, like that doesn't make any sense. Like 
the best coaches I've ever met the be- and the best teachers I've ever met, they will tell you like 90% of their shit is stolen. Oh, I got it from oh, this. Yeah. I got it from this. I got it from this. It's like, who is Getsy stealing from Matt LaFleur? And that's kind of it. It's like, okay, Matt LaFleur, I guess he has some winning seasons with top five quarterback of all time. Before that, not really much to sniff at. Since then, not really much to like look like. Oh, who is like who else is he taking from? Like, why can't we steal concepts from other people and get these dudes open? It's crazy. Yeah, I mean, and yeah, no, you're 100 percent right because you think about the the Patriots' uh, Super Bowl win over the Rams. That you can credit that to Vic Fangio just as much as you can the fucking Patriots. They took that whole game plan that Fangio ran. I, what would we play them like week? 14 or 13 mm-hmm. and that like eight to three was an awful game but oh. like th- this happens on both sides of the ball and we seem to be the only team that doesn't do it um yeah it's it's uh, again it's not to throw justin a bone uh, he, he 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 had some bad throws he it's i mean it was the same experience sometimes still holding the ball a tad bit too long but still making those plays where you're like god fucking damn yeah, it yeah you're it's so not t- flawless yeah exactly it's it, that, that's the justin fields experience at this point but just w- with this with this fucking staff, dude, it's like I, it's 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 it makes it more frustrating because I think it compounds. It's 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 really bad. And again, th- this is why I like if you're Ryan Poles, I understand there's some good things happening, but I feel like th- it's why I'm still very high on him because it's the talent that he brought in, not these guys harnessing anything. You think of, I mean, that, that fucking pick by Tyreek Stevenson was insane. Oh, that was Which, absurd. It, it, Play the game. It, oh, it, absolutely <laughs> insane. That's one of the best picks I've seen this year. I mean, it was it was phenomenal. But, like, to to your point uh, of, you know, guys not helping out, like, the, the guy who's balling is DJ Moore. And then I'm fucking, I'm watching, you know, what, what is his name? Browning. Jake Browning? What is his first name? And I'm seeing T him just like throw a fucking yeah. pass to T Higgins, and T just does some of the most Crazy magical shit. shit. <laughs> and it's so like, okay, on the stat books, it's like, oh, touchdown, great, oh, great for Browning. That was an awful ball. Like he just threw it up. Yeah. T just fucking does it. Contorts. T just fucking. Did That's what some I mean. Shit. Like we're we're not we're, Justin in this offense as a whole isn't getting any help at all from the play calling and then the yeah. execution side. Because then Darnell Moody, mm-hmm. the play of the game was that corner who tackles Justin. I want to know your thoughts as well. I don't know if you've seen much of it, but first of all, phenomenal play by that fucking cornerback. That was incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But Darnell just completely whiffs on a block, and you don't even have to do much there. You literally just have to be in the way. Like, you don't have to. It's not yeah. a big hit. Um, so that's another knock on Mooney. But then I I, I, I saw some things of, oh, well, Justin, like, he has to throw that. And it was very weird because... When I watched it, I was like, damn, was more open? And it was like, more was open when Fields is on the ground. That corner, or I don't know if he's a corner or a safety on that same side, he mm-hmm. plays that fucking perfect. Like, he's staying yeah. back with more until he realizes that Justin's committing to the run. And they're like, more was open by 10 yards. I'm like, fellas, I get it. Fields yeah. has some flaw, but like, let's not make things that aren't like, it's getting a bit ridiculous, I think, on both sides uh, of yeah. the coin here. 100 percent. One hundred percent. We forgot to say, future bear T Higgins, future bear T oh, Higgins. Fucking, I, I, I would certainly, ooh, I would certainly a hope possession so. Possession guy, and then ooh, 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 and then you got the yak guy. I know. Oh man, that would be like, all of a sudden. Yeah. All of a sudden, Caleb's gonna be dealing. I know oh, that baby. would be. Well, I mean, we just have, we have to get a better offensive mind in there, though. Like, if we st- stick with this staff I, yeah. and they draft either May or Williams, I am so out on this team. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, it's good. Yeah. 
I think if we can, honestly, it won't take much for there to be a ripple effect. We've got the tackles. We just, we need something interior, some, somebody who can just fucking do his job and maybe a little bit more just, and like, there will be a ripple effect and it will be okay. I know. And we got it. And like, just run the, run the fucking ball. Like the QB draws, dude. Like, like, Oh, you want to talk about like getting rid of Justin for Justin's sake. Like keep in mind, he is not like as a much of a natural athlete as he is. He is not a natural runner. Right. So he's got that RG three issue where he can talk about anticipation. He doesn't see the hits coming, man. And he doesn't know how to protect (laughs) himself. Like, so it's just every time he gets hit, I'm just like, fuck, get up, dude. Like he's so he's fucking tough. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh my God. Like dude is getting whacked. Nothing getting called by the way. Never get the fucking call. That's what I was just going to say gets right back up next play. Like, let's go. Like no wonder DJ and all these dudes are coming to his defense. This guy's getting the shit kicked out of him. Ball, like not balling out, but making like some wow plays to keep us in games. Like, I mean, yeah. I, I, as much as like, I don't think he's part of the future. I still love the dude. Same for sure. No. And, and that's like, th- that was why I, I, I don't want to digress too much, but that was why we were so upset last year that Getsy kept his job and we knew there wasn't a chance of him getting fired because it's just like you bring everyone back it's year two yeah but it was like how like even that insane stretch that the offense had that was all fields magic that's why I was so bought in on on him as the as the experience as the player I knew there was still the downfalls and in in, in the flaws but it was like dude that wasn't any of Getsy's doing like it wasn't just this like something clicked and it was like oh he's scheming guys open and Justin's letting it rip and he's coaching him to like for more tight window throw. No, he was just like what you described on, on the eighth play of the fucking one yard line. That's what Justin did last year for seven games to average 30 points a game. And, but then yeah. he, and they were like 60 yard runs sprinkled in for touchdowns. Like it <laughs> was all him. And it was like, how do you not see that? And, and I don't want to knock polls too much. Cause again, I, I, I know, you know, you want to see things through at least to some degree, but there are such red flags to me that you just don't stick with it and get like Iberflus wasn't last year for me. He's there now. Getsy yeah. was my like mid year. I was like, this is worse than Nagy. Like this is bad. Yeah, yeah. No, like n- none 100%. of it. Yeah, none of it made sense. Um, I mean, what's I mean, Pulse is just like thinking upside down signs. Like, I, I I got I got nothing against Pulse. Yeah. Last last few like he's he's got a few moves now in his bag that are indisputable. Into indif- like like all-time moves one of those moves literally might set up the franchise for the next 15 years so it's like i I mean i ain't gonna say shit about that guy like that guy knows what he's doing for for right now like agreed so that's kind of where i'm at flus i think that i think this game was the game i think this is the game you make the decision like what a fucking buzzkill absolute buzzkill yeah i think you i think fourth string quarterback Backup D line, and they didn't have every defensive starter either. No, so it's like I don't really know what to say. Like, yeah, it's the the. I have another stat. It's only going to add so much, but it's a, it's a similar stat. But there, there's another wrinkle to it that I think is more embarrassing for Eberflus. That th- this to me should be the reason he's gone. No head coach in NFL history has ever lost multiple games in a single year despite owning a 10-plus point lead and at least a plus-two turnover margin heading into the fourth quarter. Bears head coach Matt Eberflus just became that guy. 
It was a tweet from uh, Eric Derwater. I don't, I don't know if it's, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but I wanted to give him credit. That's insane. I mean, again, you, you, you think about like any positivity that you have on defense with the turnovers. You're still losing these games. You're actively losing these games for it. It's not happenstance. I like so. I hope you're. I, I hope you're right. I hope it's that th- that it, had to have been the game. I mean, how many times have we heard the never done before line already? I know, it's it's like, kind of crazy. That's fucking absurd. And not, they're not good ones either. It's not like oh, it's the <laughs> yeah, first yeah, time yeah. a quarterback <laughs> has ran for three hundred yards in a game. Like it's, it's yeah. <laughs> they're yeah, all it's bad. It's, it's, it's like uh, te- teams are one in one hundred and seventy one when this happens. <laughs> Or no, it's like 171 and one, and the Bears are the, the Bears one. are that one exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. fucking, it's absurd. The one thing I did want to talk about, um, two things before I, I, I have a couple other things to uh, other stats that are kind of mind blowing. Um, you touched on the fields not getting calls. I have a conspiracy that I want to, I want to run past you. Um, it was brought up on Reddit. I wish I, I, I screenshotted it to give uh, this person the credit, but George McCaskey, say what you will about the guy. He was the only guy to ever to vote to not go to eight uh, to an eighteen week seventeen game. No, no, no. What is it? Eighteen game schedule. We're at seventeen right 17 now. Seventeen game schedule, eighteen week season. He was also the only guy to not to to vote against more international games. Obviously, went through with it because the majority rules are they paid him. I don't know what yeah. the fuck they do to go through. I don't know if it has to be unanimous or what. Is that a little? Am I on to something? Maybe that's why we're not getting some of these calls. I mean, it, there's been some egregious shit that's happened. Think of like the 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 cat. What is his name? Cassius. Like, they're getting like 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 the Bears are kind of like blackballed from like these calls because their owner like the the owners of Nincompoop and like voted uh, against like obvious money making shit. Maybe, other... but to me, um, I know it's an obvious money maker. But he he was quoted as saying like he he's worried about player safety, which to me is. A legitimate reason to vote no to something even right, if it does make sense yeah. financially maybe. okay okay maybe there might be something there it might yeah there could be a number i <laughs> mean maybe this has been going on longer than that i was just like you know what the bears pull a good number on tv no matter what let's just keep them bad you know <laughs> yeah maybe like, yeah, well, i mean you could you could talk me into a lot of conspiracies yeah when it well, comes the, to what the calls we get well so then what i mean what's more likely that sort of scenario in which the NFL is upset at George McCaskey for voting no and they want to teach him a lesson or the referees are racist <laughs> because I feel like there's no other explanation as to why field isn't getting some of these calls that Hail Mary at the end of the game was like three steps after uh, the, the the defender took three extra steps to hit him that was fucking absurd yeah um I I think it's kind of well documented that uh, black quarterbacks get that call way less yeah um I think Part of it is also uh, scrambling quarterbacks get that way, that call way less. I think it's probably a combination of the two. Yeah. Uh, but because without a doubt, like these are some egregious fucking hits on Justin. Yeah. And just like, and they're standing right over it and you're like, all right, like throw it out and just nothing happens. And it's like, yeah. all right, back to the huddle. And like the bears are publicly talking about it, publicly call, calling the refs out. They're not getting fined about it, and they're still not getting the call. Like, it's kind of weird that like either you get fined for criticizing the referees, or the referees start making calls. 
and neither has happened. It's fucking maybe maybe you're onto something. It's <laughs> fucking weird, dude. That's what I'm saying, but, man. Well, and, and the like, thing, like, what's crazy too is like, did you see that that uh, that uh, that play that like Amon Ra St. Brown like got fined for uh, like three weeks back for like hands to the face and like he barely touched this dude. I didn't see that particular one, but I've seen some egregious fines the, this year. Yeah, there was one dude who got fined like his game check pretty much for like the most standard football play ever. And then Justin's getting whacked and these nothing's happened. Literally nothing's happening. There's not even a fine for the guy who made the, made the tackle or the hit like retroactively. So it's not like, Oh, we should have called this. We're going to find this guy for this hit. Cause this is like the second time he's done that. Or he did that, that game. Nothing's being said about any of this. Except I know by the bears to the media midweek. It's fucking weird. It's very weird. And the thing is, is like, I, so I'm not saying I agree with it, but I understand the standpoint of saying like the scrambling quarterback, he has, the, you know, he has the ball tucked. He's a runner now. So you have to have a little more leeway. Okay. So I'll even concede it. That particular play on Justin, he just rolled. Like he was a passer the whole way. There was, it was a hail Mary. There was no shot. He was running that ball. Like there's no yeah. benefit of the doubt whatsoever. And it's right in front of a referee. And it's like, I'm not a proponent of, of having guys flop, but like, what the fuck do you got to do to get a call, man? It, it's, it's it's insane. Um, the other thing that you mentioned, Nas, that I did want to uh, talk about too, though, h- how do we take the players actively, I don't want to say like saying that Fields needs to come back, but like they're in his corner pretty hard. What are your thoughts around that? My thoughts are you. that's what you do for your dude. Yeah. That's what you say. And you definitely, de- you definitely don't want to create a distraction or seem like not a team guy. So no one's going to say shit. Um, I think the moment Caleb walks into training camp and starts wowing these dudes, like they'll all, lo- they'll, all, they'll all love Justin, but like the second Caleb does that, it's whatever. Like, yep. yeah, that's in the past. Um, I mean, I don't know how you wouldn't say Justin's like your fucking guy watching him do this week to week. I, I literally don't know. So Cause he's been, he's been an unbelievable teammate. He's leading these dudes. They all like players aren't stupid. Like, especially players at this level, they're not dumb. They all know gets. He's atrocious as well at what he does. <laughs> they all know there's no way DJ yeah. Moore doesn't know Luke gets. He's terrible at his job. So they are going to support Justin through it all, no matter what is coming his way. And I don't blame them and I commend them for it. And that's what, that's also what they should be doing because Justin's laying his body on the line for them every week. Agreed. And I, I think the, you know, the, I did see someone say, because you're right, it's being a good team guy, but we've seen diva receivers in the past say that, you know, oh, well, it's not my choice. It's not up to me. Like they're, they're, they're going a little bit beyond that and saying like, Hey, he's, he's my guy. And I know people yeah. have brought up, well, you know, like, Khalil Mack said that about Mitch. This feels a little bit different. When you look at the rhetoric that was they were saying, it was like, yeah, he's super tough. And like, we kind of like him. Like, he's our, like, it doesn't have that same feel when Jalen Johnson's going on CHGO and like, no, like, the locker room will be kind of split, man. Like, we love this guy and it's going to add a lot of pressure on the next guy. Obviously, not up to us, but like, we fucking love him. Like, he, and just like you said, like, that wasn't even on my mind when I was thinking about it, but you're right. Like, Regardless of actual outcome, like they see what he does on a week to week basis, and there's no way you don't see that as just a human teammate and be like, man, this fucking guy's got yeah, it. Yeah, dude. Yeah, like if, if, if you've ever played a team sport and you got like a guy doing everything with you and not like taking any shortcuts and working his ass off, like 
you're going to love that guy. Yeah. And again, but again, especially in football, maybe more than any other sport memories are short. And if a dude can play people hop on board and people move on very quickly, football is a sport where people move on very quickly. Like fucking three weeks ago on black Friday, Jalen Phillips tears his Achilles and dudes are heartbroken for him. Bradley Chubb is like near tears on the sideline mid game. And then like, but like there's still a game to play. Like there's still shit you got to do. Especially this is like more in football than anything. It's like, okay, we like, we cannot like get lost in that. We got to move on. We got to win this game. And like, you know, and that most terrible thing happens. And I felt so bad. If you watch that hard knocks episode, you feel fucking awful for Jalen Phillips in that moment. But like players move on and dudes are like laughing and smiling because they won the game. And like, you know, like that is like the mentality of a football player. And the second Caleb steps on the field and Justin's not here anymore. And he flashes that quick release and he hits DJ right on that slant route, right where he likes it. And he runs it for 20 more yards. Like all will be like, not forgotten, but for like, okay, we got a new guy. We're rolling with this dude. Yeah, and, and that's what I was going to say. Like, I, I, because the stance they're taking right now, I don't think they would ever, it wouldn't be that, you remember the weird Jay Cutler situation where, like, Erlacher and Briggs were sort of upset that there was a new face of the Bears? There was that whole weird debacle for a year or two, and they didn't, like, really get along. And it's, I, I don't think we have guys on the team that are going to do stuff like that. Just like you said, like, they're still going to be behind and root for Justin wherever he goes, but they're not going to actively sabotage the next guy. Like, they, they, they're not, nah. they don't, you know, come across that way. Um, at all, but it, I, I, I would, I mean, just like you said, I, was it last week or was it via text? I don't remember, but like, I mean, polls doesn't have to be still, that's to me, I have to, it's a cold blooded move. I, I know it, like, it looks like common sense draft calculators and blah, blah, blah. And in contract shit, there's a human element to this. He's in that locker room too. He talks to these guys. These are his guys. He's brought in most of these guys. That's going to, it's still going to be fucking cold blooded if, and when he moves on from Justin. Yeah. To a point where I, I would have, yeah, I wouldn't want to be in that spot. No, I have, I have zero doubt in polls making this move. Yeah, zero. I, I, I will say this too though, and I, 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 I wouldn't be mad at it. Honestly, I, I wouldn't. If he took a little bit less to put him in a better position in the next spot, to me, that's like that you're doing your job well to, to, to that point. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because like you also, it's a tough balance because you gain a reputation. Yep. Around the league. So it's like, okay, Justin, where do you want to go? Mm -hmm. And I'll do my best to get you there. I'll get you there. I'll try to get you there to some of those options. Yep. Like, I mean, it's not unlike like Belichick loved Jimmy G. I know. Loved, loved him. <laughs> Could have gotten way more than a fucking second round pick for him, but loved that dude. And kind of like to stick it to craft was like, all right, second round pick San Francisco, <laughs> like, like, yeah. you know, like could have gotten way more and cause he loved that dude. So it's like, all right, it will be, I think I would like to see polls do something similar for Justin. Same. Uh, well, there was also a little conspiracy going that because he, he sent him to San Francisco in part because that was a team that Tom Brady rooted for as a kid. I don't know how much I ever bought into it, but that was a nice little story. I think, for a little. I think, uh, I, from what I've heard and read, it was more of a, craft Belichick thing. I see. I see. And, and like doing a, doing a solid for his boy who he loved. I, I mean, Bel I mean, you want to talk about the most cold blooded of all time. It's Belichick. Oh yeah. Like leaving a player on letting them go a year before instead of a year late. Like 
he is the absolute king of that and was ready, was ready to move on. Like, liked what he saw from Jimmy was ready to move on from Tom. Um, and Kraft was like, no, fuck that. Like he still got juice left. And I think we are going to ride this out. He's also like, all right, if I got to trade him, I'll trade him. And like, he's the GM second round pick. Yeah. Well, and the, the, uh, you talk about cold blooded with him. I thought you were going to bring up. He he's more than once cut players the day before a Super Bowl. Uh, I, I mean, he's he is any advantage he thinks he's going to get, he's going to go to any stop to do it. And and you know, he's done Dude, that like, historically. And he'll do that with like guys he just thinks aren't with the program. Like yep. I was just listening to a podcast about uh, Jonas Gray like the other day, like two hundred yards, three touchdowns, <laughs> doesn't play the next week, and then like cut like just off the team. Yeah. And like, didn't he like oversleep for before practice? Some some shit, some shit like that. <laughs> and just like that guy, like he doesn't give a fuck. Future bear coach Bill Belichick. Yeah, um, I forgot I had this one. This, this oh I, that I mean Jesus, no, <laughs> I did slip right past me. Um, the Bears. This is from Bill Zimmerman. They have well, this goes hand in hand. So the Bears should be eight and six. The, these the three leads that they blew, that were mathematically almost impossible to blow up I mean, all on the coaching staff. Th- those three, we, we can look into other things where it was Justin or there was th- those three. You can't change my mind that they weren't on them. They should be eight and six with one, one game behind Detroit uh, with a tiebreaker in hand. That goes to this, the, the bears win prop. And I know that it's a, li- a little, you know, win probability isn't the most accurate, but just, I mean, it, it means something because especially because we saw these with their own eyes. The win probability against the Broncos when they blew that game was 98.1%. The win probability against the Lions was 98.2%. The win probability against the Browns was 91.3. That's not all that crazy. We've seen games like that, but the probability or the the percent chance to lose all three of those games, Nas, with those percentages is 0.003%. And Matt Eberflus fucking did it. Clay Clay Harbor tweeted that one out. And then Bill Zimmerman tweeted out the other one uh, about uh, they, they should be eight and six. That is fucking embarrassing. That's insane, dude. It's, That's insane. I mean, you like, it's just, it's so strange to me. And I know this is a little bit repetitive. We've had this conversation before, but it's also frustrating because we're not far removed from Vic Fangio's scheme just that seek and destroy, no matter what the score is, we're, you know, we're, we're, we're putting our foot on their fucking throats. Even Sean Desai was the same, you know, from that same tree. Yeah. And you look around the league, you look at Brian Flores, you look at just other teams that that uh, have heavy blitz packages, and it's like, there ha- there's never been in my lifetime a coach that, that plays conservative when they have a lead, and they consistently win. It just, it doesn't happen. Like, I, I don't understand that mindset of, like, we have this lead, we have to protect it. Because now you're pl- you're actively playing to not lose. But I also, th- I, this can't be proven. But I also think part of, like, you think about all the times that, like, Justin has fumbled or, you know, thrown a pick after they, the defense has blown a lead and it's time, all right, Justin, you got to make a play now. And it's not to throw a bone for him. I feel this way about any team that does this. Your offense is no longer in rhythm anymore. You can't just turn the fucking switch on and like, all right, guys, come back, get open again. And like, you know, it, it, yeah. I, I just, I don't think it works that way because I've never fucking seen it. Right. I mean, I, so a couple, a couple things have come to my my mind while you've been talking about some of that stuff is, um, so I was, I was just kind of thinking, so what, what are the Bears elite at offensively? 
can can they run a four minute offense based on your stats that you just gave me on percentages? Four minute offense out of the question. Okay. <laughs> Scenarios where we've needed Justin to make like a end of game tying drive or like a must score. So two minute offense. Nope, we don't have that in the bag. Goal line offense. Pretty sure we're at the bottom tier of the league. So like, I I like. So what are we working on? Yep. In the week. What's flu seeing that like, oh, like, oh, you know what? We're just going to take our foot off the gas. Like offense will take care of it. If we give up a score, if we give up some, like if the lead gets cut, like I I'm confident in the, um, like also one of the best teams in the league try to do, they try to get out front early so they can play an aggressive style of defense. The rest of the game, Exactly. this has been the winning formula for every top 10 defense that's been on a winning team as far like for the last decade and a half. Like it's like, okay, we get the lead early. We pin our ears back and we we make shit happen. We try to force them into more mistakes. Yep. We're trying to build the gap. We're trying to build the lead. The way you build on the lead is forcing because like possessions are limited on a, like on a number when you don't turn it over. But if you can increase your possessions by creating turnovers, you can start building the gap and building the lead. And it's just like prevent defense. Like nobody does that anymore. Literally nobody does that. The last time I saw a prevent defense, I was playing NFL blitz <laughs> and like, Oh, yeah. two. come I on, know, man. You think about some of the elite defenses. I, I remember there was an absurd stat. That those like two years where the Giants were elite with OCU Manura and and Strahan and all those dudes, when they had like an eight plus point lead, they were like fucking fourteen and zero or something because they just it was nonstop. They just kept bringing the pressure, bringing the pressure because that just like you said, that's the time now to pin the ears back. Like it, it, it's so weird to to have like the inverse thinking of like oh we know they have to pass, so let's line up ten yards off the ball. Let's not send blitzes. Let's not do stunts. Let's just like. Let them let them wear out the clock by themselves. No, that's why you run the ball. That's why you have a good run game to put games away. It's not the opposite. Like it, the whole thing is just ass backwards. It's also like you think about it from like individual player circumstances. What's more fun to do? <laughs> oh, I know. Definitely playing a more aggressive style. What's contractually more incentivized to do? Like this is the time for the Hassan Reddicks, the Montez Sweats. This is the dudes for the Von Millich. This is the time, maybe not best topical time for Von Miller to mention his name, but um, you know, edge rusher. Like this is like, oh, this is where I make my fucking money. Like I get to this sack number, I get to this Pro Bowl, I get an All Pro. Like this is where the money's made. So like, you have players incentivized in all facets in from a brain, like a mo- social emotional perspective. Playing prevent D, like tr- and like the mindset of like, okay, let's not fuck this up. That mindset yep. is not a winning one. Yep. It doesn't promote a winning culture on any level. I, I agree. And that, that was going to be my last point on it, honestly, is that mindset of, well, now I just have to play to not fuck up. You're going to fuck up. Like you, you, no one has ever existed that way and had success consistently. Like I think about you use the basketball analogy earlier. I, I think about boxing. I've seen guys after a loss change trainers and then try to change up their whole style. But then you you see them and it's like, sure, maybe you needed to work on a little bit of this, a little bit of that to like up your game. But like you still have to lean into what you're great at. You got here for a reason in, in this particular style. But then you see them in a whole new style and they're actively thinking in the ring. 
So it's like to them, maybe I have to be a little more defensive, defensively responsible, but now I'm not doing all the other things that made me great. So now I'm getting hit even more because right. I'm, th I'm actively thinking now in the ring. And it's the same thing there, like making breaks on the ball where, hey, it, you know, it's a 50-50 chance of me swatting this, but it's more of like 100 to zero. If I just let him catch it, I, I make this tackle instead of taking a chance on the ball. Random example, but like it's things like that that add up over time in this prevent defense of, I mean, you could even probably draw, you know, uh, those types of conclusions to Montez Sweat has the edge. Quarterback's about to throw it. Maybe I, I lay off a little bit. I don't want a roughing the uh, the quarterback, a rough, roughing the passer. That's extra 15. That's That'll fuck us up. Uh, maybe I... Like, all of that, I'm not saying is happening, but can happen with that mindset. It's just an awful, awful mindset to have. 100%. And, like, you know, like, the roughing the passer penalty specifically, too, like, coaches don't even fucking care. Like, <laughs> don't care about those because it's like... Would I rather be in that QB's head? Like I'm fucking coming, dude. Would I rather have that mental edge for 15 yards? Hundred percent. Like, and that's like in a scenario where you're trying to maintain. Like Bears had like a two score lead. Like in those scenarios, obviously, two. There's it's a two minute drive. You're up three. You definitely don't want those penalties. We're talking about leads that should be insurmountable. For clarification for the listeners leads that should be mathematically insurmountable. If you keep a, like an aggressive, if you keep your aggressive nature to you and which is what bears have supposedly had three of these games this season. And then all scenarios have failed to actually come out with the victory because there's been a mid game change of style. Yep. Which is causing this. And, and honestly, outside of just the conservative nature that Matt Eberflus has on defense, the, the on the flip end to it, and I'm going to keep harping on this until he fucking gets fired and has to walk back to Green Bay to be their quality control coach. Lou Getze just has zero identity at all. I mean, when we were since we were kids watching football, all of the elite teams, they had that like one or two play where you everyone knew it was coming, but they were so good at it, it didn't fucking matter. Like you knew it was happening and they were going to out-execute you every single time. And we're seeing it now with the tush push. It's like we know fourth and one, we know what's happening. You can't fucking stop it. And it's like, 100%. beyond just the one play, it's like, this is what we do. I, I, again, th thinking of like, the, on the defensive side, thinking about the giant, those Giants teams, like, we're going to put all four defensive ends in because you can't fucking stop it. You can try to have, an, have another blocker, but you're down 14, buddy. You can try to, you know, run the 12 formation, two tight ends. It doesn't matter. Yeah. You can't stop it. And it's the same thing offensively. Like, you you, you look at what, um, what uh, Kyle Shanahan's doing. Try to stop those guys. Try like I understand their elite talent, but he's scheming them so wide. Try to stop it. We're up yeah. twenty. And, and we're like, still gonna pass. Try to stop. Like you just pressed, can't. When you're pressed, you get it in the hands of your playmakers. Like when you're talking about that, like stop this shit. Like Rams game winning drive against the Bengals in the Super Bowl. How many catches did Cooper Cup have it have in going into that drive? I think he had three or four. I know because I bet on him to have eight <laughs> plus, and they just. And on one drive, he had five catches and a touchdown and the game winning touchdown and targets in terms of targets. I think he had like seven or eight targets on that drive Yep. and the Bengals couldn't do shit about it. He, 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 he either got a flag, he caught the ball or, and if, and I think only two of those plays were actual legit incompletions. It either was a catch or a flag and two were, and he was just getting targets. Cause like, Stafford's like, I am not losing this game because we didn't get it to our best player. Yep. And so McBay is just dialing it up. It's like, all right, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Like, get, we're getting this to Cooper. It's just like, and the Bears are like, all right, 
cute, like delayed QB draw up the middle or delayed handoff. Like, what are we doing? Yeah. I mean, it's especially like, and that, that's what I mean when it comes to identity and him just being so bad at his job. The only player that these defenses are actively trying to stop is Justin Fields. Like, you listen to defensive coordinators every single fucking week. We're reviewing the tape. We're seeing what they like to do. We have to shut him down. It's usually they're talking about the legs. But it's like, build off of that then. Build off of that threat of him running. Like, we're not begging to roll him out and, like, do creative things with him on the run or a little bit of misdirection for no reason. This isn't like... I feel like we 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 asked for the same things with Mitch, but it was because he was a, not a good quarterback. It was like, you have to just throw, throw a little wrinkle at these guys because he can't just sit back there and dice up a defense. Versus Justin, it's like, dude, the threat is fucking there. You're going to make linebackers have to commit. You're going you're gonna to make cornerbacks have to make decisions and safeties have to move off of the line. Like You're going to have to make these dudes do something. And then at that point, now we live and die with Justin on making the right decision. I'm okay with that. Then you can really evaluate pretty consistently like, ah, He's not the guy or, hey, he's making plays here. We can continue to build off it. But there's never been a consistent effort to do that, to take advantage of what defenses are scared of. Instead, it's like, well, he can run. So here's, it's four, you know, third and six. Let's just fucking QB draw it. They're ready for it, dude, because they're, they're willing to let him beat them in the air. So built, you know what I mean? Like, it's 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 so frustrating to watch. Um, You just made me think of who I think the next coach of the Bears will be. Oh. It's going to be Jim Schwartz. I, I, am I crazy for not being like super mad at that? I love it. I was gonna say, I'm like, yeah, the like dude's got a proven track record. Yeah, the guy can coach relevant, like not like he can coach modern defense. He's now had enough experience where he can manage games. He comes from a great coaching lineage. He has worked under some of the best coaches ever in the history of the league. So I think, I think he, I think he's going to be the next bears head coach barring. We get someone like, like if Ben Johnson wants the bears job, he'll get it. I don't think we're going to get any of the top offensive minds in the league. Um, I mean, I could be wrong. Like maybe, maybe that coaching hire comes after we draft Caleb. I don't, I don't know if it I would will. Hope, I would hope it's not. Um, it's not that late. Yeah. So, like, we'll see, and then maybe that is what lures a, a, a good play caller or someone who can manage the offense in a better way. Um, but I, I do think I, I wouldn't be shocked if Jim Shorts is the, the next coach of the Bears. I think he's been around. He's been in around in different schemes. He's been in around with different personnel, and a lot of it. A lot of it has led to success. Um, and I wouldn't be shocked if he brings Josh McDaniels on as OC. Listen, I'm not, I don't, the, I don't think I, Flores is coming here. The, I don't think the bears will do that. Probably but, not. Maybe. The, the only way I, I would want a defensive head coach to be here is if you get an offensive coordinator who everyone knows is just an offensive coordinator, which you just, I mean, yeah. that, that is Josh McDaniels. Like, you yeah. know, he's, he's, they did the head coach right. thing. He's an awesome coordinator. He's not a good head coach. Like that to me would make the most, I mean, that was like Vic Fangio for a very long time. Like he was a defensive coordinator for 90 years before he finally got a head coaching yeah. job because everyone's like, I don't, we don't think you're there, but you're a great defensive coordinator. Um, right. So I, yeah, I would be, I would be very pleased with that. I, ooh, at this point ooh. though, I just want them, I want the staff gone. Like I'm not, it's like, 
I, I'm I'm here to hype, you know, um, think of or speculate or think of situations. I'm all for that, but like, the first step is just like get these guys the fuck out of Chicago because it's it's that bad to me. It's done. It's done. I would hope yeah. so. Uh, Nas, have you? This is really the last thing for me. Have you ever worked in sales before? Uh, not really. No. Okay, so you're not gonna have this. Is, that's probably a good thing because it's awful. But <laughs> I, the reason why I asked is because I wanted you to sell me. I'm I'm a casual fan, and I'm like, ah, oh, this team isn't. You know, we're 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 really out of the playoffs now. There isn't no, like, why do do Bears fans watch the rest of the season? What is there to watch for? Your quarterback's probably gone. Your coaches are probably gone. We know what the defense is, so like if you like that, if you like, you know. I mean, that's a tough sell for me. Um, <laughs> uh, I would say there's two reasons I'm going to watch the Bears. Uh, I, I love JF1. I, I, I genuinely love that dude, and like I, I want the best for him, so I'm just going to want to watch him succeed. The Bears defense isn't they're not bad to watch. They're fun to watch. Yep, yep. They make plays. They create turnovers. Like it's going to provide entertainment. And the second reason, probably the most important reason is I'm going to gamble on the games. Um, <laughs> yeah, and, uh, and it's like, uh, <laughs> if the bears get out to an early lead, you better hedge that motherfucker. Oh, yeah. And look at the, look at the live odds of the other team. It probably will still be like minus two twenty <laughs> that the other team's going to win. Even if we're up 10 at this rate, but you just bet it anyways, babe, because it's a winner. Yeah, up 24 at halftime. Just fucking smash that other team. Oh, just watch. We're going to play the Cardinals. We're going to play great contain all first half on Kyler, and then he's just going to fucking bust a nut in the second oh, yeah. half for like 70 yards. Well, that, that's It was funny because as the Bears were up 17, I was like, man, like, you know, I was thinking of my talking points, and I was like, man, the game was always going to look that way. You know, Justin wasn't looking. It's a great defense he played, and, you know, he took care of the ball, and, the boys brung it home, twenty to seventeen or twenty to whatever the final score was going to be. Uh, and then my my, my point was because I wanted to look towards the Cardinals game as you're keeping the playoff hopes alive. And I was like, I really want to. And I guess it still stands. I am curious to see how they deal with a, a legitimately scrambling quarterback, a running court because like they haven't really played one. Like Josh Dobbs, yeah. I guess, but he's not nearly the the athlete I that think, Kyler I mean, is. I, yeah, I, I I think we're going to do really well against Kyler. To be honest, I, they I, might. I, I, we next pretty well. We got a pretty. I just feel like we're pretty disciplined and we have veteran leadership at every, at every area of defense. Like we're not going to fall. Like, well, it's also like, and this is kind of like the knock on Justin ultimately after the amazing year last year with the flash runs, he has been bottled up, dude. He has not exploded. And Jonathan Gannon will do the same thing. And he was the same thing the Browns did this past week. Jonathan Gannon will do with the Cardinals. We will not see Justin ripping off 30, 40 yard runs. It, the, the trend that has been this season will continue. Oh, agree. The film's been out. Um, and I think, but I think the same goes for Kyler. I think Kyler's going to have a really tough time, man. Really tough time. I, I, I'm, uh, you know, I wonder what the line is. I got to check that line. Are we playing the Cardinals next? Yeah, that is that. Yeah, ooh, that's I the gotta, next game. I kind of like our, I kind of like our team in that one. You know, I just like because one, I don't see too much offensive talent. Like, how is Kyler really going to bring them back once we get out to an early lead? I don't, I don't see it. I don't. I see hope it. you're right. Well, I mean, I don't know. Like, do we even want the Bears to win at this point? 
Well, a, a Cardinals win would do would do well for that first pick. Dude, I I have an awful feeling. That being said, I feel like the Panthers are going to win two more, and it's going to make me sick to my fucking stomach. I I don't think so, man. I hope so. I, I hope not. I think everything just kind of like fell in our uh, fell in their favor for that game. Yeah. It was an ugly game, ugly game. Um, I I don't I don't see it happening yet. I haven't looked at their schedule. Let's just take a peek. Uh, Panthers schedule. Um. So Packers they got, next. They got Packers, Jags, Bucks. They're losing those three games. I, ho- I hope you're right. They they can't beat the Packers. Period. They can't beat the J- the Jags. Pound bad teams, and the Bucks are playing for the playoffs. Baker's they been playing fucking well, play. dude. I'll give it to Baker, man. I, I I never thought he projected well as a starter, but damn, those dudes are playing hard with him. I know he's playing. I do wish Rashad White Loki would be more involved, even more involved with the offense. Like I feel like that's like just an advantage that they have. Um, and I think that will actually, if they can lean on him a little bit more, that will actually propel them to even further and help their shot at the playoffs. But uh, and my fantasy team. Um, but um, uh, yeah, no, Baker Bla- Baker playing good ball and uh, the D coordinator for the Packers. He's got to go right. That guy doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah, it's been it's been. I don't I don't know who he is, but have on that side of the ball. I think his name is his name Joe Barry. Yes, yes, Joe Barry. He's he's bad. It's bad. (laughs) It's bad, man. Yeah, he's he's very bad. But again, we needed this from the Packers. Jordan loved to flash a little bit, get them a little excited, but just be bad enough. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just. Yeah, just live in football hell. That, that's yeah, and that's what I told everyone in the offseason. You don't want him to be awful. You don't want like if he's awful, they win two games because of him and, and they get Caleb. Well, what the fuck are we doing? No, we need them to win six, seven games. Root for them to no, be in yeah. that area. Because then you can't more for him. I think he's played well for that fifth year option, right? So or they already extended him to next year, right? Like Yeah, they got, did that like, weird extension. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. This is great. This is great. Cause he showed enough to like be like, okay. Let's see it one more year. Let's see it one more year. And then like, okay, all right, like whatever. Like keep just live that life, babe. Live I know. <laughs> I know. I'm I'm so excited for it. I I couldn't be happier because like you're you're even seeing like people I mean the the rhetoric is very similar about him in that fan base that it was to Mitch. Like there's these diehards are like he's really fucking good before just sucks. <laughs> like it's not his nothing is his fault ever. And it's like, yes, please propel that. Yeah. I, what do you think of Lafleur? Um, I I still kind of like him to be honest. I, I I don't know if he does anything special. I, I I think he's I think he's above average, but it's I, I'm also like you're seeing some of these young guys start to get involved, like Jalen Reed, Christian Watson. I know he's been hurt on and off, but they I mean they look spry on offense. That, that doesn't say sure. like I, I, he he's not he didn't give me like young Kyle Shanahan vibes but it's like he also he didn't give me like Matt Nagy either. Like he's a competent he, coach. He, he doesn't give me alpha vibes. He just like he just what I would really if, if we could just get one fucking alpha coach, we would fucking own that team. Because I just like I I think LaFleur is of I think he's fine. But yeah. I don't think like he can like I don't think he's got the cachet and I don't think he's like, he's got that gravitas of like, I'm going to fucking own this division. So like there is an empty space in yep. this division for like a coach to take advantage of the ineptitude around the division. Like there is definitely a uh, Kevin O'Connell. I like that dude actually. Like, I think he's a pretty good for a second year job. Like this has been a pretty good job. He's done with the Vikings. 
But even him, he's kind of got like some weird things like that kind of don't make sense. It's like, fuck, if we could just get one alpha and have it be our coach, we could fuck this division up. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, the alpha was Aaron Rodgers for so many years and that, that, that's yeah. gone. But I, I'm not, it might be Dan Campbell, dude. Yeah. It ain't it. The, the fourth down moves, like the impulsivity, like, yeah, I just can't, I can't, I, I mean, no doubt the players love him. Yeah. Oh yeah. Play for him, but like, he, like you want to talk like his imprints on the game, but kind of in a bad way. It's like they go for it on fourth down more than anyone. And their success rates, like, <laughs> It down the tube, like, it's like it's so, fuck, so fucking bad, and it's just like, and it's all because like of this like dude trying to like make a splash play and like give the team momentum. It's like, dude, you have Jameer Gibbs, Montgomery, St. Brown, Laporta. You don't need to do this shit. Just fucking <laughs> punt the ball. But it's I feel like it's it's one of those things though for him. He can't stop now. You can't because like a vet, like your mindset has to be like. We're so we the numbers have to correct eventually, right? Like we had like we're we're like ten percent on the conversion rate. There's no way it gets stopped again. We got to do it again. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like it's like betting bad money. Like they're really not gonna see this one coming. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way they see this one coming, boys. We're fucking yeah. fake punting on fourth and six. Let's fucking do it. Like it's he, you have to. Well, what is that called? Like betting on bad money? Like you you can like isn't that like um an investing thing? Like you're so in on something and you sunk so much money that you can't stop because right. like not, it's not it's not good advice, but people feel that way. it's like a mindset of like, no, nope, well, I've already the sunken cost. Yeah. I think it's called the yeah, sunken the, cost yeah, fallacy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, where he yeah, is yeah, right the now. Sunk cost fallacy. It's like <laughs> failing to recognize the sunk cost and just like when it turns, I'm gonna be there. When it turns, I'm gonna be there. <laughs> it's well, there's it's like, that no, babe. Yeah, <laughs> there, there, there's that uh, there's that meme where the the, the dudes are, are are axe picking and it's like uh, you're always like one. Or, or, or what, what is it like the gambler, bad gambler? Or what the fuck is the saying? It's like um, people who quit gambling because they lost too much were always that one bet away. And it's like the one dude he's like one pick away from getting all the diamonds and the other dude's like still chugging away on top, on the top row of it. Like that's sort of what that is. And that's how yeah. I think he is. It's hilarious. It's so good. I'm interested. You know what will be a true test is that we'll see what Dan Campbell does when Ben Johnson leaves. That's true. No, I mean that—that's you know? the exact scenario that, you know, uh, if Eberflus was really good. But I—I I am curious though. I mean, because he was a tight end, right? Like he—he and all—all of his, um, yeah. his assistant coaching experience was on the offensive end. So I would almost wonder if he would want to take over play calling. I don't see it. I don't either. But like, I also didn't. Uh, I, yeah, I don't know. No, like I—I I think that. What I will commend about the Lions is like they their coach knows who he is. Oh yeah, you know, like, and he has a defined role on the team. He is the CEO of the team. He's got his hand in everything, whether that's a good thing or bad thing. He does, and he's got an impact on how the game's going to be played. Um, but which is the way I think it really should go for the most part, unless you're just truly gifted at one of those things, like. Uh, Kyle Shanahan um, or Sean McVay. Sean McVay, by the way, coach of the year. I don't think there's any Ooh, fucking doubt. That's a good call. I really don't like look at the roster. It's a joke. And they're going to, they're probably going to the playoffs. This yeah. NFC West, man, it ended up being a pretty fun division. Holy shit. It did. I the agree. Seahawks game last night was fun as hell. It was. No, it was, I mean, yeah, it, um, 
he might fuck around and win it. Dude. Yeah. Yeah. Fun, yeah, there, there's some division. good candidates this year. I don't, I don't think there's a shoe in. There, yeah. there, we're going to go on a rant when Brock Purdy wins MVP because this is not a quarterback year for it. Like, if there's any fucking year for it. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think it's got to be Tyreek, but. Or CMC. My, Those are the only two or for Or CMC. Me. Yeah. Yeah. Like, definitely a non quarterback year for sure because no one's had, no one's had that, like, just blow it out of the water year. Like, yep separated them from the pack. Um, and Dak, he was who we always thought he was, baby. Yeah, poor guy. Damn, we, we didn't even <laughs> I mean, talk like I, Cam I Newton's comments and things. Because and, I think it was a little too harsh on... I, I, don't, I don't look at Dak in that same category as Tua. I think he's a step above in terms of game manager. Uh, I think he's... I think him and Tua are in the same boat. Really? I feel Dude. like he makes... I feel like he makes more wow throws than Tua. Like, Tua puts it in really? the right places like he's very i mean this year i mean i will say that dak's having a great year truly 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 um i don't know i i i really don't think he makes that many wow throws to be honest like i think he's mastered this offense pretty quickly this mike mccarthy style yeah yeah um which has been impressive but i gotta say i haven't been impressed with dak's arm talent or throws since that like shoulder shit happened, like it has never really looked like it's had the same zip on it. Yeah. Like that year where he broke his leg uh-huh. in like the third game of the year, like that was like, Oh shit. Like this is a fucking juggernaut of a player. And pretty much since then I've never really felt the same way. Yeah. Um, I still, to be honest. Um, and, uh, and like the, the inability to win big games, it's still, I mean, it's still something he's got to, he's got to prove and do, um, for, I think maybe that's what I'm really, truly holding against him more than anything. Um, that's fair. Like there's, there's certain games. He just should have had no business. He should have had no business losing. And then he played like Dick. So, yeah, I, I, it's just for me, it's like two on the short and intermediate stuff on the money anticipator probably the best anticipation thrower in the league if we're being completely honest he's phenomenal dude, with it. like he knows where the like spot's gonna be before these dudes are out of that's, range. that's what crazy. i'm saying but yeah it's nuts but if, if, if he's not in that system i don't know if if he's even a starter like because I, I, I it's it's hard for me to shake what happened when brian flores was there i mean he was literally being benched in the fourth like they were treating it like it was baseball and it's like all right fitzy you're the closer baby get in yeah, here i mean and like i mean and I mean, Mike knows what, like, it's a great example of knowing exactly what you have. Oh yeah. Like seeing like, like Mike designed this offense around this specific skill set is fucking impressive as shit. I agree. Truly. I um, totally hey, agree. Uh, so much for a short pod there. Frankie. Oh, I know we went off the rails and just started talking about, I mean, that's how miserable the fucking bears are. What, what are we even talking about right now? We're just like on, on to other teams, the fucking dolphin with us podcast here. Um, all right, Nas, do you have any any closing thoughts? I want if it wasn't so long, I wanted to get into the all black versus all white team. Some of these tweets have been fucking hysterical. Uh but maybe that's a whole separate I mean, the, the steam will be <laughs> off it by then, but th- these have been very funny. They 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 put up a picture of, of one of the Super Bowl teams with Brady and Gronk and Edelman and and fucking uh Kevin Hogan and and they're just like this team, this 2017 Patriots team would have put up numbers in the segregation bowl. Like it's just been funny oh shit like God. that. It's been so great. That's hilarious. But the funnier thing no one's brought up, I, I sent that 
that to a group chat, Rashard Mendenhall's tweet. He tweeted that at 8 a.m. Central Time. I'm like, you just woke up. Like, what bothered you this much at 8 a.m. for you to just go on this rant? It's great. Everything about what's happening around that has been hilarious. The part of Skokie, Rashard Mendenhall. Yeah. Yeah, he went, Illinois, he went to think, Illinois right? too, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, he went to U of I. Yeah, yeah. That, he was on the Fighting Zookers, I think, uh, when Ron Zook had the program. Oh, and I wouldn't Vontae a, Davis. Was that Ju- uh, was Juice Williams on that team? Or was Aurelius that before- Ben. Yeah, that was. I think that was a Juice Williams team, and Rashard was there. Well, Juice was there for like eight years. Yeah, so yeah. certainly yeah, there was I some overlap. Rashard, Rashard was definitely there one of those on one of those teams. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah, where oh. the talent, ta- a little hotbed of talent. Illinois was there for a hot second. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, they just had to, didn't they have to, uh, Devon Weatherspoon or one of these uh, corners first round this year? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, and then it looks like Chase Brown's going to be a thing for the Bengals. I know. He's, he looks good. These change of pace backs have been more impressive than the starters for the, this season. It's been strange. Yeah. It's, yeah. It, which it's so weird because it's like whenever I watch a game and I look at the personnel and I look who's in, I feel like the probability of it being a certain type of play increases so substantially. Like watching the Titans when Tajay Spears is in. I know. And then when Derrick Henry's in, it's just like, and they're working around it because Will Levis, he makes some crazy shit happen sometimes. But like, just on the face of it, it's like Derrick Henry's in the game. Okay, there's like an 80% chance they are running this ball. Like, that predictability, like, and I don't think that's the only team that that's an example of. That was just the first one that popped in my head. It just surprises me that the change of pace backs are having this impact when you can narrow down what plays are going to be run when they're in, it's, it's kind of nuts. Yeah. So. Najee Harris is another one as well. He, he's been outplayed. I mean, he, he was outplayed last year by Anthony McFarlane. I mean, there's been a few running backs that have outplayed him for the last two yeah. years. Jalen Warren. Yeah. Warren baller. is the other guy now. Yeah. Fucking baller. Yeah. My goodness. All right, Nas. Um, let's get out of here. Cause we'll be here for another hour. Just fucking babbling about yeah. other teams. This, that, 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 that's football. my favorite. And that's what I was telling you uh, offline. Like that's why the off season's so fun. It's like, we just like, here are two topics and we just fucking go way off and it's the greatest experience. I need to get Love there it. because I'm so miserable right now. It's ridiculous. Um, <clears throat> all right, y'all. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. As always, we are everywhere that podcasts can be heard. And if there is an app out there that isn't, let us know. It's a click away to get it on there. Remember to like, share, and subscribe. And we will see you next week. Later, Nas. Later, everybody. Everybody love everybody!